Otani-san, the Shohei Kid. It's the Shohei on the show. Hey, if you don't know Shohei Otani, what the hell are you doing? He might be the best baseball player of all time. I don't know if he is or not, but I keep hearing that from people who really love the game. So we're going to talk about it all today on the show. Are we witnessing history every time this kid plays? I tell you, we witnessed some history on July 27th. 2023 and it all started with an act of god oh my god thanks for that rob a line of thunderstorms developed ahead of a frontal boundary and moved across lake michigan during the morning hours of july 26 2023 this storm front would eventually track across the state and land in a very warm pocket of air creating a very unstable environment triggering a severe thunderstorm watch for all of southeast michigan the strongest winds whip between 60 and 70 miles per hour between the hours of 2 and 5 p.m eastern standard resulting in numerous down trees down power lines and around 165,000 power outages across the bottom of the state including ann arbor gross point and the detroit area while i do hope everyone made it through that storm safely i can't help but appreciate that it blew through town because it forced major league baseball to cancel that evening's detroit tigers and los angeles angels baseball game creating a doubleheader the very next day Shohei was on the bump in game one otani had struck out eight batters and only given up one hit when Angels manager Phil Nevin checked on him during the eighth inning to see if Shohei wanted to come out of the game, maybe save himself for, for possibly the second half of the doubleheader. What was Otani's response? I'll finish it. Otani retired six more Tigers and finished his complete game, one hit, shutout, masterpiece. Now, game two of the doubleheader. Would Shohei rest? Should Shohei rest? I guess we'll never know. Second inning with Zach Nato on first. Shohei Otani brought the thunder. Oh, hell yeah. Otani deep to right field. Two-run home run. His next time at bat, fourth inning. Nobody on. Don't worry about the thunder sound effect here, Robbie. They get the idea. Shohei Otani with his second home run of the game. Just a couple hours after throwing a one-hit gem. He's the best player on both sides of the field in both games. That's baseball history, and this is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and decides whether they're good enough to be inducted into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. This show is brought to you proudly by the Ball is Life podcast network. Shout out to Ball is Life. Follow them on all social at Ball is Life. I'm your host, Neil, a.k.a. Gotham Coach, the long-lost Gasol brother, the podcast Jordan Clarkson. Did you know Benny Agbayani is part Filipino? And so are the Darno brothers, Chase and Travis Darno. I'm looking at the name Darno. I'm like, those guys are Filipino? 
And then I look, and uh, which uh, Travis's middle name is Emmanuel, and I'm like, that is as Filipino as it gets. The point is, today I'm the podcast Benny Agbayani, the Spotify Darno, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite desk chair. Today's episode of the First Ballot Hall of Fame podcast could be sponsored by. We could be sponsored by tri-colored pasta noodle salad holy shit you know what i'm talking about that tri-colored pasta noodle salad think about i like the summer's wrapping up but think about a a, a hot day you're in a backyard there's that big bowl of tri-colored pasta noodle salad it's cold it's got the dressing on it whatever i don't know that the colors have any sort of like discriminate taste or flavor assigned to them i think it's just all the same but it feels like maybe they, they taste different. I think the green ones are healthier because there's like a plant in it maybe. The point is, is if I'm a pasta company, I am buying the tricolors. I'm buying those three colors and I'm suing the hell out of anybody that tries to make tricolor pasta. That's my business plan. The point is the show keeps growing. We're adding new listeners every week. Fucking Barilla Ronzoni. If you guys want me to say some shit on the podcast to advertise, I'll read it. I'll say whatever you want me to say. You want me to be like Barilla, the home for tricolored pasta? I'll do it. Whatever you want, just throw me some money. Listen, Shohei Otani's historic doubleheader is without a doubt a great sports moment, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's a different bar to clear, and that's what we're here to decide today. And here to do it with me is a very special guest. She's a woman I've wanted on the show since the very first week of us doing it. She's a writer whose work has appeared all over, including Vice, Deadspin, and Yahoo. She's known for her baseball coverage, but she's also covered the Olympics as well. Most notably, she's now a national baseball writer at Yahoo Sports. She also appears regularly on the MLB Network and locally here in New York on SNY. She's called games live on Apple TV+, and she is, of course, the progenitor of the bandwagon, the former Yahoo digital series, now turned podcast. It's the thoughtful, the passionate, the future, and maybe present of baseball coverage, Hannah Kaiser. Hannah, thank you for being on the Hello. show. I have so many things I want to respond to. Please. But um, you, should, you should seek sponsorship from my hometown local pasta shop, Severino's. So I don't know if they listen to the pod, but you were <laughs> listing off pasta companies, and I was like... You gotta get your tricolored pasta from Severino's. Is it good? Is it delicious? Oh my god! I bring it back from South Jersey to New York City. I live in Amazing. New York City, culinary capital, and I get my pasta from South Jersey. <laughs> and listen, the point is, Severino, if you're listening, I don't really care if your pasta is good. I'll say it's the best I've ever had. <laughs> you don't even have to have it. You, I don't even have to have it. You can send me some. I'll make it. I'll eat it live on the show, or I'll just act like it. I'll make whatever's in my pantry right now and eat it and call it Severino and be like, Severino pasta, you got to go to South Jersey to get it. You do, though, for real, though. It's pretty good. Hannah, you may, you may already be able to tell this as you're listening to me talk. Uh, as much as this is an interview with you about a sports moment that we're both excited to talk about, this ultimately, this, the next hour of your time, will be ultimately about me. I <laughs> want you to know that it is what it is. That's first and foremost. Uh, two, when I saw the first episode of The Bandwagon that I watched on some social account, I watched the bandwagon and immediately felt like was overwhelmed with the feeling of that's it. 
I was like pointing at my screen going, that's it. That's what baseball needs. You and your voice. And like, I immediately turned to Jessica, my producer, and I was like, I want this lady on the show. I want to talk to her. I want to know about making this show. I want to know what she liked about it, what she wanted to change. I wanted to just talk about the show because I enjoyed it so much and it felt fresh and entertaining and passionate. And I just wanted you on the show. And I was like, get her on the show because she's going to blow up. And then it'll look good for us if we got this woman on before she blew up. And then, of course, in the time we were waiting, you blow up. You're off calling games on national television. I'm like, God damn, I just missed it. But the point is... The reason I'm telling this story is to say, I knew it. I knew when I watched Hannah once, I knew that you were going to be uh, the future of baseball. And I really feel like that's what you are. I, I, I said this before. I wish I could be super humble and say, oh, my God, I had I never thought that. But I, 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 I wear a necklace that I bought for myself. That's a bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> because I, too, loved that show. I loved making it. I loved I I have gone back and rewatched yes. episodes Good for you. on YouTube. Specifically, I like to watch the bloopers episode yes, because it right. involves my editors like making a lot of fun of me, mm. so it feels slightly less egotistical <laughs> to do that. I'm like, look, I'll, you know what? I'll watch myself fucking up, and then it'll be both like <laughs> you know humbling and cathartic. So I loved making it so much. Uh, I've talked about this on the show before. I love baseball because it's an incredible stage for things the game takes time and like not everyone is like completely engaged in everything that's going on at every second of the game so like there's a lot of time for like things to happen when i was a kid and i watched don mattingly eat a nacho out of the fans hand out of the fans box on the first base side of, of yankee stadium it changed my life i was like that's awesome are there, do you have a favorite baseball thing that doesn't happen in other sports? Like, is there something that happens in baseball that doesn't happen in other sports that you just love? Oh my gosh, all of it. Like truly that is, I, I no offense to your NBA fandom. I understand that the NBA is like a culture, it seems way cooler. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've always, and I know that if I knew more about these sports, I would, I would understand these things. But to me, NBA, NHL soccer, less so football, which is part of why I can understand the the sort of chokehold it has on American culture. Right. I like that everyone on a baseball field is doing different things, right. and that you can obsess about any one role. And you can I've written a couple times this year about catching um, because like the robo bumps and the, all of this stuff that's changing a lot of it has to do with catchers. And so I've spoken to catching coaches and right. catching strategists right. and catchers and the the level of obsession and love they have for that specific position. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote most, I wrote recently about the Astros catcher, Martin Maldonado, who's terrible. He's like a terrible hitter and a terrible catcher. And that <laughs> they, they absolutely love him and they can't stop using him. They're like addicted to this terrible catcher. And that wouldn't be the case like at any other position. Mm -hmm. It's only, and so I find the, the interpersonal mm -hmm. dynamics, it's almost like its own little society. It's yes. like, I like, you know, I mean, people people who are like deep in the weeds of like baseball culture and baseball Twitter love to talk about like, uh, you know, is somewhat like someone could have a personality that makes them such a left-handed reliever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I love that. <laughs> I love the, the roles that people play yes. and 
uh, I was in a clubhouse recently talking to like other baseball reporters and just like shooting the shit. And someone, someone asked, I thought like a hilarious hypothetical, which was like, how many questions would it take you to figure out if someone was a starting pitcher or so a reliever without great. asking them any yeah, questions yeah, yeah. about their job? Just right. like, how often do you move? <laughs> how do you feel about routine? What's your, right. <laughs> what if so, what if, how would you feel if someone talked to you on the biggest day of your life? Like, yeah. just like, I love the, the, the fact that both different personalities are diff, are differently suited to jobs. Mm. And then of course those jobs like reinforce those things over and over and over. Yes, and there's all these, totally. don't talk to the starting pitcher on his day. Like, but you know, I just think the bullpen guys are great and, and, I love that. I love thinking about the little like community of a clubhouse and the way it, it involves different personalities in different roles. Those little ecosystems. I love. Yes. That. Catchers are most likely to go on to yes. be managers right. because of their roles, like interfacing between the offense and the defense. I love all of that. It really is great. We have to decide whether this uh, doubleheader is good enough for the first bell hall of fame to do that. We have to go through our hall of fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. The first one is analytics. The, the stats on this on any baseball moment, it's the best because there's just a ton of stats to go on. Here's what happened. I'm going to read you some stats. Jump in when you have something that game one, complete game one hitter. The only hit it was Angels catcher Chad Wallach, who ended his own 0 for 38 drought with a single in the seventh inning. Otani struck out eight, walked three. He was 0 for five at the plate. Angels beat the Tigers six to zero. Otani moved his record to nine and five, lowered his ERA to 3.43. 111 pitches, six shy of his career high in 2021. Shohei had never thrown a pitch in the ninth inning prior to arriving in the major leagues, which is wild to think about. That's those are basically his game one stats. Anything stand out to you there, Hannah? Well, so what was notable to people around baseball was that Shohei Otani famously does two things, and he does them at both at a very high level. Which, that's the trickiest part about doing two things is to keep them both really, really good because if you start right. doing one better than the other, they want you to right. just do that one all the time. But last year, he was better at pitching than he was at hitting at last year, mm. ERA of 2.33. This year, he's been better at hitting than at pitching. He entered the day with an OPS over 1,000. That's on base plus slugging. Anything over like 800 is really good. Uh, he... Yeah, so the fact that it was kind of like everyone always wants to identify the moment mm -hmm. that Shohei Otani has peaked and he's mm -hmm. gonna have to start doing one. And I and so part of what made that first game really interesting was the hold on, he's right. still one right. of the best pitchers in baseball. At that point, he was, you know, like competing for the home run lead in baseball, and it felt like all right, he's just taken off as an incredible DH. Um and the pitching is not going to be as good as it was in the past and he'll never win a Cy Young, blah, blah, blah. And then to sort of see him just out ace everyone. I mean, it was just incredible. So that's all his, I got. His, um, his pitches, obviously he throws a fastball. I think I saw that he throws a splitter. Does he have any other pitches in oh, his arsenal yes. that stand out? He throws six different pitches. So forcing fastball sweeper sweeper. That's all the rage. What the hell is a sweeper? Oh gosh, you you and everyone else in baseball asking. When the, the same hell did question. that start? Okay, so like last year, the Yankees started a throwing sweeper? it. Sweeper? Yes. <laughs> I don't know who was throwing it first. I'm going to say the Yankees, and then people are going to be like, "That's East Coast bias." Someone in Milwaukee or whatever was throwing it. Right, right. Um, but well, Otani sweepers considered one of the best in the game, according to this Associated Press story that I just clicked on. 
there's a new sweeper. <laughs> it's a new pitch. It's not really a new pitch. People get mad. Kevin Cash of the Rays was like, managers love to be like, it's not new. And it's like, why right. do you care about having more accurate terms? <laughs> um, okay, but Otani throws a very good sweeper. And then he throws a cutter and a split finger and a sinker. And it says he throws a curveball, but only 3.6% of the time. So that's six different pitches that he throws, uh, mostly forcing fastball and the sweeper. Okay. Game two uh, of the doubleheader, same day, two of three from the plate, two home runs, three RBIs. Otani in the second inning, opposite field homer, 383 feet. In the fourth inning, 435-foot bomb to center to put the Angels up 7-2. to two. Angels go on to win 11-4. to four. Uh, At the time, those were Otani's major league leading 37th and 38th home runs. The 38th blast of the season was 116.9 miles per hour off the bat, according to StatCast. Uh, Shohei didn't get a chance at a third at bat because he departed the second game because of cramping. These are the types of things that I think matter. Him going 0 for 5 in the first game and him leaving because he got cramps. Uh, you know, it's like we have to decide this this moment's got to be the best of the best. And when you go 0 for 5 in the first game, if you maybe if you've done anything offensively in the first game, maybe it's something like that's undeniable. If you get up a third time, hit a double or hit another home run, like it's undeniable at that point. I feel like it's on the line and it's close here. And we're going to have to find something special as we keep going through our credentials to put this thing over. Uh, you're, you're, are there, were there any stats that, uh, sort of stick out? There's a lot of like crazy stats that I don't exactly understand about like first dude to do this thing. And then everything about Otani so involves crazy. some like, right. No one, the, the first person with a hundred career strikeouts on the mound and a right. hundred home runs in the box, that kind of like combo thing how much are we going to get into context because i feel like context is a big part of this please please give me the context all right so we're going to go back in time a little bit from that game the trade deadline major league baseball trade deadline right on tuesday august 1st right this is the prior week so wednesday before the deadline one week before the deadline tom verducci at sports illustrated so the whole question going into the deadline the biggest story in baseball was will the angels trade Shohei Otani. This right. is his last year under contract with the Angels. Shouldn't they try to get something for him before he leaves? Because why would he stay? Because the Angels right. are a mess. Right. But if he does leave, they're abdicating on the season and they're kind of close to the postseason. Oh, what are the, should they go for it? Should they not? So everyone thought it was going to come down to the wire. It doesn't. They get out ahead of it. They essentially announce, but Tom Verducci reports it. Uh, exclusive Angels take Shohei Otani off the trade market, intend to make a postseason push. All right, so if they're not going to trade him, they got to get better because at mm -hmm. that point, they're not postseason caliber. Mm -hmm. That very night, so Tom Verducci publishes that story. A few hours later, the Angels make the first sort of big trade of 2023. They acquire Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox, who are even worse. Uh, great. Everyone's like, okay, the Angels are going for it. Right. This was the next day, the doubleheader. So right. part of what was so interesting about this is, first of all, Shohei Otani almost never speaks to the media. And right. when he does, he's very measured. He also speaks Japanese, so it's all yes. through an interpreter. So he is just truly an enigma. He's an enigma because we can't imagine being mm -hmm. him, but also he's an enigma because he gives us very little insight into right. what he thinks. And for all the time that he has sort of been with the Angels, they've been, if not a joke, then seemingly 
cursed to not make the postseason despite employing the two best baseball players on the planet, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And all this time, everyone has wanted to know, like, what does he think? He did, is, does he regret his choice? Because he could choose from all 30 organizations when he came over from Japan. He specifically chose the Angels. And, you know, is he trying to get out? Does he want to get traded? Is he, mm. does, he, does he think they're screwing up and not doing enough? And so the performance that day in Detroit, part of what made it so compelling was that it seemed like, and I don't know if it was, but it seemed like a sort of stamp of approval from Otani yes. on what the right. Angels were doing. That he was like, hell yeah, I see you guys going for it. I appreciate yes. it. Don't trade me. I want to be like, I, I'm going to give it all. If you guys are going to give it all you yes. got in the front office by yes. doing these big trades and I'm going to give it all I got here on the <laughs> field. And I think that was such, I mean, I that's I wrote about it. Everybody else wrote about it. It was like such a big, like, is this Otani indicating that right. he could take it to even another level right. if he thought the Angels really had a shot and now right. he thinks they really have a shot because they went all in at the deadline, whatever, whatever. So that context, I think, was so important. But then also awesome. the now sort of retrospective context that comes from him having left that game to with cramping. I don't want to skip too far ahead, so I'm going to let's, – let's go through more questions that I'm sure these things will come up. A statement. It's a, it, it did feel like a statement game, and I agree. When you think about a guy who's from Japan, and as you uh, uh, perfectly said, you can't really understand him because he does a thing that fucking nobody does, and he also doesn't speak the language. To be able to come out and have a game that is a statement in and of itself – is very, very cool, and it's definitely an X factor here to consider. I love that ad. Uh, the there's the other sort of stat thing I wanted to mention quickly was I read a thing that goes became the second player in ALNL history since 1900. I love that people can fucking baseball people can do that to throw a one hitter or no hitter while homering twice on the same day. Sure. And I'm like, first off, I'm like, okay, well, like, like part of me is like this, that we're doing this moment is in part because he threw a complete game one hitter and then hit two home runs. And I'm going, that's wild that that happened. And now you're telling me that it all, somebody else did I this? Know. And I always the, think that. I'm always like, I'm more crazy. surprised that there was another one. Totally. Is, whenever people are like, this is only the fifth time that someone has blah, blah, I'm always like, really? How the I'm, hell is that? How many about? times was I supposed to think that would have happened? I, it's absolutely wild to think about. And the other dude that did it, the Phillies, Rick Wise, threw a no-hitter and homered twice against the Reds on June 23rd, 1971. That's the same game, I believe. A guy threw a no-hitter and hit two home runs? Isn't that way better than what Shohei did? And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Shohei. As a half-Filipino guy, I want to shine the light on the other Asian guy that's killing it in the sport. I love Shohei Otani. But if like, if we're deciding whether this doubleheader goes into the first Bell Hall of Fame, and I can point to some dude named Rick Wise that I've never even heard of, and he hit two home runs and threw a no-hitter, don't I have to then also put in Rick Wise's game? Yeah, that that that's what they call a true win. Well, assuming they won by enough that that those two home runs made a difference. 
uh, a couple of years ago, 2019, Noah Syndergaard had the, a true yes. win. He threw a shutout, hit a home run, and they won one to nothing. It's like, That's, oh my God, no one else even needed to show up right. that day. He could That's have done it all right. himself. A yes. true win. Uh, so you're right, not win. a true win. That's I like that. And that's, that's what that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I love to, as we're deciding on moments, I love to go, if this, then that follows. And what I'm saying is, is doesn't the Syndergaard thing, doesn't the wise thing, don't those then also have to go? It's something that we need to take into account as we're deciding the fate of this moment. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving here. Uh, the ear test. What did we hear in this moment? I want to play some of the calls from the game. Here is a call on a strikeout in game one from what has to be the Angels uh, uh, broadcast crew. I don't know who they are, but let's listen to it together. In front of Haas, one and two. So I got him. Paints a fastball again. I just want to vote for more Japanese. Like that he's Japanese. If there are cool Japanese things to say, let I'm all in. Suwate Kudasai, I've been told, is sit down, please. More <laughs> Japanese phrases in the games. I love that. Yeah. Do you have you seen the like samurai helmet that they wear? That's my ear test thing. So hold on. Do you your thoughts on the samurai helmet? Well, just that it's like um, I I like that the angels have incorporated Japanese culture mm. in a non sort of like appropriation way, in a literal here we have Shohei Otani way, because I do think such a big part of the Shohei Otani experience is the fact that an entire country obsesses over every single one yes. of his games. Right. And so you're right, the 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 level of fame in japan that angels everything has so from the broadcast to the other players is such a specific part of this someone was telling me recently that uh it's so logan ohapi was a catcher for the angels and he got hurt and he was out for a while he's yeah. very he's like a cute young guy he's 23 he's very clean cut and someone was telling me that there was all these articles in japan that translated to like like uh Leonardo DiCaprio look-alike Shohei Otani's personal catcher for go gone for like everything that can be tied back to Shohei Otani is and then is like blown up in the way of like so so that is my reaction to the the Japanese on the broadcast is just the cultural phenomenon that mm -hmm. he is back in Japan and then the mm -hmm. way that that feedback loop creates more interesting specific to Shohei Otani and the Angels culture is so interesting to me. Here is the first home run call. This is the second game of the doubleheader. Here's the first home run call again. Uh, the Angels crew, I don't know their names. I'm sorry. Shohei looking for his first hit of the series. Some clapping for Shohei, who goes to the opposite field. Get going. Yeah! His major league leading 37th. Oppo shot. <laughs> that uh, here are the things i like about that call one he yells and it overmodulates the microphone like you hear a little bit of the fry i love that like he can't he can't control it i feel like he knows that there's history in this moment and they just yell yeah and a loud yeah is very like guttural very base level i really enjoy that and i also love the baseball talk of oppo shot i yes. love that stuff oh yeah that's, I mean, and to have the context ready to go with, like, the Major League leading 37th home yes. run. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then here's the second home run. It's fantastic. Oh, oh he got another one. Get going. Otani <laughs> has done it again. 
complete game shutout. Check. Two homers in the nightcap. Check. Unbelievable. That man threw a one-hit shutout. In what? game one. What? <laughs> back home runs. An unbelievable day has gotten unbelievabler. <laughs> the Shohei Show headlining in Motown. Nice calls. Nice calls Good from calls. those guys. I like the energy. It's it's additive here. Yeah. If you I actually was so in, in preparation for this, I was like watching like a you know highlights of this uh doubleheader. And right before that call, they were reacting to some fan that had a sign that was like came all the way from Japan to yeah. see Shohei. Oh and I just God. thought that was like, it's such a good, it's such a, it's so, that's the thing about, so get to get back to what we are saying about like what's so great about baseball is like, you build this tension mm -hmm. and then you're like, what are the chances they're gonna deliver on the moment? And then when they do, it's so satisfying. So like something like that, where you're like, look at this, I don't know if it was a kid, but this person who came all the way from Japan and then you're like, oh my God, and then he's doing the thing that they came here to see and look at that, so they're gonna be happy. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, before we go into our next credential, we have to play another little game. It's called This or That. I so I'm so I'm so apologetic to you for a moment, Hannah. I, there is a show open for this segment. There's a little uh, the theme song. It's a bit performative for me. I'm uncomfortable as a performer, but my producers are making me do it. Here here's the intro for This or That. That okay. Here we go. This or that, this is the game. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you two options. You have to answer one or the other. It's this or that. Here we go. Who's the most iconic voice? Vin Scully, Vin Scully. or Harry Carey? What about Harry Carey? Uh -oh. This or that. Vin or Harry? More iconic. Well, the, the more iconic voice is probably Vin Scully. Uh, which baseball player is the most entertaining baseball player? Bo Jackson or Ricky Henderson? Ooh, Ricky Henderson. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's 100% right. Who has the most violent swing? John Carlos Stanton or Gary Sheffield? Do you know Gary Sheffield, the chef? I mean, I know him, but I don't know that I can picture his oh, swing. Oh, that nasty swing. A fucking nasty butcher of a swing. <laughs> Holy mackerel. He's got that. He's got a crazy bat waggle and then just absolutely just swings like he's trying to destroy the baseball. If Gary oh. Sheffield, just a nasty swing. Well, then I'm going to say probably that because I feel like Giancarlo Stanton's swing is right. like not... Right, right. That violent of a yes. swing does that does that make any sense? Hundred percent. It's like it just he's such a big person and it, yeah. it ends up being proportional. He's like a pound for pound dude. Like you look at yeah. John Carlos Stanton and you go, that guy is like the biggest dude I've ever seen in my life. So you project onto his swing that there's power, and obviously it is super yes. powerful. But if we're if we're thinking violent swing, I think you're right, Gary Sheffield. Uh, which player looks like they just go absolutely hog wild in a cheesecake factory? <gasps> Kyle Schwarber or Dan Vogelbach? Now oh. I know. I know generally what you might think as you're looking at them just generally, but you have to think about the prompt here. Who would go hog wild in a cheesecake factory? Which of those two dudes? Uh, you, you, you're, I feel like you're trying to get me to say that the more interesting answer would be Kyle Schwerber, but I think it's got to be Daniel Vogelbach. I, 
I was trying to steer you, but I you appreciate were. you sticking to your guns. Uh, no, I think that says a lot about you. You have the guts and the confidence like, to I'm stick gonna with I'm going to go for the obvious ones. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, let's move on to our next credential. You did fantastic. Thank you. A fantastic job in this or that. Uh, let's move to our next uh, credential. It's you mad. Was there anybody mad in this moment? Rob, play my Cameron clip here. You mad, you mad, you mad. Thank you so much. Anybody mad about uh, Otani's game? I I don't think so. I think you'd have to be like a big Pearl Harbor guy to get pissed about this. Am I right? Oh, people were mad. Wait, who I was, was mad? on. I was on MLB Network. Yes. Plug. Uh, whether it was like the next day or a few days later or whatever, I was on Brian Kenny's show, MLB Now, and Brian Kenny will not be mad that I. He will not be mad that I said that he was mad because he was proudly mad on the show. This is like maybe the stupidest thing. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He was like. Why was Otani in the second game? And I was like, because he's a two-way player, right. dude. Do you not know this? <laughs> and his point was that was irresponsible, that you should protect. He, before, and now we know Otani is hurt, so BK is feeling very yes, self-satisfied. Right. But at the time, before we knew, like, he came out saying, you cannot let him go back out there. It's a hot day in Detroit. You, you just which is true to get back to the context issue. You just decided that you're going all in on this season and right. you can't burn it right. on a double header right. in Detroit. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah people are mad. to think about. Okay, the comment section, next to comment section, any great comments, uh, top of YouTube, a guy, right, Gary B9565, I don't know why I'm saying his name. He wrote, I'm 69 years old and I've been a baseball fan from the early 60s. I've seen all of the great players of the last 50 to 60 years on TV or in person, and I've never seen anything like this guy. Just absolutely amazing to watch what he's doing. At Bo, Bo at B Boca 88, doesn't matter. He wrote, Otani is not a quote, once in a lifetime player. Otani is a once ever player. There has never been anyone like him before, and I will likely never be again. If he played close to me, I would attend every game he pitched just to say I saw him pitch live to my grandkids. You mentioned, um, oh no, D did you mention Tom Verducci earlier on? I did. Verducci called Otani the best two way player in baseball history. Are all these things true? Yes. This is a th okay. Well, yeah, you, know, you answered very quickly. Like I look at, the, I don't know enough about baseball to know this. Can you back up any of the, the things that the, any of these guys are saying? Well, Babe Ruth didn't pitch for very long. That's right. really all you need to know to back it Got up. It. Is that? And the biggest thing. So this was what I was sort of saying up the bat with Shohei Otani. It's hard to get people to fully eh, understand mm. that. Like, so I recently did a story. At the Futures game, the Futures game is like minor league all-stars, basically. And I was asking guys about guys who are pitchers, when's like the last time you hit? Because they mm -hmm. all were once the best player on right. the team. Yes, That's right. That's the whole thing. It's like everyone who plays baseball at major league baseball level was once the best on their team. An animal, yes. But even if you were so if if you people have explained it to me this way in baseball in the past, that like you could be an all-star level pitcher. And a, if you're a triple A level hitter, oh my gosh, you're better than 99.99% right. of people at hitters. You're right. not hitting in the majors. Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's like, and so that to think that like, what there's like 
26 men on 30 rosters, so however many baseball players in the world, and and the per tiny, tiny chances that you would have to be not mm. just the best in your high school, the best in your college, the best in the draft, the best in the minors, to be a Major League Baseball player and then to be one of the best at mm. any one skill is so that percent the chance of that is right. so infinitesimal. And then to say that you would be that good at anything else, right. anything else right. is phenomenally just like you can't even understand like the the mathematical chances that's what i think is really like that's when i when i when i try to contextualize it to myself i really do sort of think about it that way that like even if he were just a if he were this hitter if he was a guy who was leading the american league and second in baseball and home runs and he was really good and all that if he was like a a bullpen california pitcher they would be like don't pitch so right like right. the level he could be a major league level pitcher and if he wasn't like could win the cy young award right. level pitcher they, they would be like it's not worth it don't do right. it <laughs> right so that's i think what you have and and babe ruth is a Perfect. really good example yeah, yeah, of that yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a guy who who technically could do both he right. could do both at a major league level there wasn't a lot of competition back then because it wasn't right. integrated but he right. could do both at a major league level and they still were like it's not worth it. Just yeah, hit yeah, yeah. like yeah. your value and hit like you're going to. So there's that aspect that makes it so rare. And then and this comes into play now with the injury that he's dealing with the he, people think he's so frail. He's, he's doing so he's doing both. How's he going to his body must be. But no, to do both. He is remarkably durable at both of those things. He he's played more games, or at least he had before he took the last couple off. He played more games through the Angels than any of their other players. Any dude who's doing one thing. Like he is a physically anomalous human being. Like I don't know how. See science should study him. Does he heal quicker? I don't know. Like just just to physically be able to do something it's like sort of michael phelpsian in the way that it's like oh you must have been born into mm -hmm. a anomalous physical mm -hmm. state in mm -hmm. order to even have a shot at doing this doing this it's it's fascinating to think about him beating the capitalism of baseball it's like i own a baseball team and you are a tremendously valuable asset to me as a hitter and so I will not have you pitch, even yeah. though you could be a decent pitcher. But he's so good at both of them that it ruins the the owners. Like, listen, I can't even stop you. The the capitalism doesn't matter here. You beat the capitalism of baseball, and you get to do both. That's fascinating to think about. Uh, do you, so. I guess that my follow up here was going to be, and this is going to really break my heart if you answer it the way I think you might answer it. Can and I don't mean to compare two Japanese guys because again I like shining the light on the Asian athletes in in professional sports, particularly here in the states. Is Shohei Otani the best? Is he better than Ichiro? Is he the best Japanese baseball player to ever play baseball? Yes, oh and he was when God. he came over too. I mean, Ichiro is like Ichiro. The reason we have Otani, I like it. Like it's. Yes. I, I went to Japan for the Olympics a few years, and like, still, he's in every ad, and you're he's like, I didn't even know he was still relevant over here. <laughs> um, but he is. Like, I went back, and I was for something I was doing. I was reading the stories that were written about Otani before he came over to America, and part of what they were writing about was he wants to come to America to escape the fame and the just the people following him everywhere right. so he was already like even if right be, before he played in america he was the best 
Japanese baseball player. Fascinating. That that breaks my heart. Oh, Ichiro might be my guy. He's so uh, cool. He's so cool. The stance, that fucking rocket arm. Anyways, then that's the other thing I want to say is like Ichiro, he didn't pitch, but he was a phenomenal outfielder. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, Ichiro's best. Anyways, all right, let's move on. The next credential, test of time. This is when we compare this moment against other moments like in history. And again, you've got that fucking Rick Weiss, uh, right. a no-hitter, two-home run thing. Any of the true wins, I think, are, are worth considering. The other things that I wanted to compare this doubleheader against are other Otani moments. So you've got the Otani game, same this year, June 27th against the White Sox, might be considered the best performance by any single player in an MLB game. Bashed his 27th homer of the season, the first inning, en route to a 10-strikeout showing on the mound. Uh, he's removed with two runners on in the seventh inning with a cracked fingernail, puts on his batting gloves, and hits his 28th homer in the bottom half of the frame to cushion the lead. A fantastic game. And then the other game to compare this against is the uh, World Baseball Classic. I was hoping you'd bring that up. I mean, he, and again, I didn't, I knew that he had, all I saw was like him strike out Trout. So I went back to watch. He came in in the ninth inning to pitch. I did, I don't know when he pitched before this, but he comes in cold to pitch the ninth inning against, gets Mookie to, to hit into a double play and then strikes out Mike Trout. And he is challenging this dude with just gasoline straight down the middle. Just a nasty sequence and then strikes him out on a full count. Those two moments are amazing. Are either of those better than this doubleheader? Because if we can say yes to that, then maybe this doubleheader doesn't go into the hall. I think the World Baseball Classic one I think it might be. I got because, fucking chills watching it. Yes. Because it has, because it's it's the moment. Like, you don't care that he's facing the Tigers right, in this right. doubleheader. Yes, and yes. the fact it's a late July game, what does right. that mean? Like, the the entire time that the World Baseball Classic, which, first of all, got delayed because of the pandemic. So we've had many years to think mm -hmm. about what would a cool World Baseball Classic be. And they'll be put a lot of effort into sort of marketing this. They already talked about wanting to have it more frequently than they have in the past because of the success that it had in other countries, the, this one. And they couldn't, no one could have thought it would end with Shohei Otani versus yeah. Mike Trout. That's the greatest possible the matchup. Oh. That's the greatest. Everyone for years has said that the, the great tragedy of baseball is that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are never in the postseason because yep. they play in the, yep. on the Angels and the Angels never make the postseason. And now Shohei Otani is going to finally leave, but oh no, he's got the second torn UCL. What if he's never the same? And the Angels wasted the prime of his career just like they did with Mike Trout and they never got an iconic moment. But that then they got it together and against each other and it was so cool. And I also just think that what it meant for... So I had... I did... There was some discourse around the World Baseball Classic, mm. where people were like, how come none of the American stars want to play in the same way that all these other stars do? And I was like, it's not that hard to understand. It's because the American stars play for their country 162 times a year. Right. right. And and for Shohei Otani to win the mm -hmm. World Baseball Classic mm -hmm. for Japan, mm -hmm. when their love of him sort of transcends mm -hmm. the fact that he wanted to leave and he wanted yeah. to leave badly. Yeah. He wanted to go from high school into major league baseball. And he, he announced like that plan was, and then finally the giants convinced him not to the, the Japanese giants, like the, 
his he has always been I'm leaving because I want to be in MLB and the MLB is the goal and the dream and blah 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 and as far as I can not to say that the Japanese people are a monolith or anything but they still claim him love him <laughs> obsess over him and then the opportunity for him to be that good but as their as a representative of that country mm -hmm. is really, really special, like truly really special cool. on like a, yeah, you get chills kind of way totally. where it's like, he did have to leave and leave his country behind where everyone speaks the same language as him and whatever else to challenge the best. And he has this clearly sort of uh, like, you know, neurotic need to play, to do everything at the highest possible level. And I'm so happy for him in a way that like yeah. it, it came down to that and he yeah, was cool. able to, I don't know, get that moment that he's never gotten in Major League Baseball yeah. because they've never been in the postseason right. with him. But to get it first for Japan, I think is really cool. Really cool. Uh, I couldn't agree more. You mentioned it's not easy getting into the first Bell Hall of Fame. I, I think it's a it's a perfectly uh, made point. The, the World Baseball Classic moment is fantastic. You mentioned the tragedy of Trout and Otani playing on the same team. My favorite Trout Otani not playing thing. on the same team, playing on a team that never plays in the postseason. Right, right, right. That's right, right. the tragedy of Trout Otani. Is that and, is that Otani chose the Angels in part because of Trout mm -hmm. and thought this is great. I'll go play oh. with the best player in baseball, oh. and in doing that, sort of cursed himself to never uh, be in the postseason oh there's that there's this famous tweet by matt tomic who wrote every time i see an angels highlight it's like quote mike trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 while shohei otani did something that hasn't been done since tungsten armo doyle of the 1921 akron groomsman as the tigers defeated the angels eight to three it's the best tweet about these goddamn angels. What a tragedy that these guys uh, can't get their act together. Very sad, but it's but the, it's a very funny joke, and I'll uh, I'll love it forever. Thank you for that, Matt Tomic. I appreciate you. Um, let's. The next credential is burning questions. I don't really have any burning questions on this moment, so I did want to ask you: Are you any good at catching fly balls? Fly balls are very scary to me. I don't know if this is my own baggage, but when I see a ball go up way up into the sky, like if it's like if you just took a baseball and you threw it to me and you threw it like 10 feet in the air, no problem. But if you hit it with a baseball bat and it goes 50 feet in the air, I don't know what happens to me, but I don't think I go catch it. I completely agree. I'm like, I love Damn. to play catch. And then the fact that we treat fly balls like they're easy. Have you ever <laughs> seen this? Is so, This will be fun for you. Like Google. Um, I think it was British, like a group of British tourists. It's some European tourists went to an Orioles game a couple of years ago and they sat in the outfield and they were seated behind Anthony Santander, the Orioles outfielder, and they applauded uproariously every time he caught a fly ball. And I was like, that's the correct response. It does that's seem right. very hard if yes. you don't know anything about baseball. I love that. I totally agree. Whenever I see somebody, like particularly like when, you know, like uh, the, like the, they, they, you know, hit one foul or they, you know, saw one off and it goes way up in the sky and the catcher's like turning around and he's fighting the sun off and he then he throws catches his off. mask. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I look at that and I go, fuck, that looked really difficult. And yeah. I know, again, I don't know if it's my own baggage, but. No, I think it's, it's, I, it's hard. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, the next, before we move on, we have to do the next segment's called Dream Team. This really works better for 
basketball, but I'm gonna. Everybody knows the the dream team, the the 1992 uh, Team USA Olympic basketball team, best collection of of players of all time. I need you to pick uh, your own dream team, Hannah Kaiser. We're going to pick again. I can't pick. Have you pick a full baseball team? So I'm just gonna have you pick the best hitter and the best pitcher. The prompt though is fictional player from a movie who is the best fictional player baseball hitter from any baseball movie or any movie ever where someone might be hitting baseball and who is the best pitcher from a movie fictional athlete best pitcher best hitter who's your dream team if you were to ask me this about a martial arts movie i would say Chosen, the best martial artist ever in a movie is Chosen from Karate Kid 2. He was blinded by hate, distracted by those drums, but all things considered, a world-class martial artist that would have absolutely mopped the floor with Daniel LaRusso. So if you go, who's the best martial artist you've ever seen in a movie? Who's the best fictional martial artist? I go Chosen from Karate Kid 2. That's my answer. Do, do, can you think of a baseball hitter? Who is the best hitter from a baseball movie that, you know, as you watch the movie, you go, God damn, that guy must have been really great at playing baseball. Marla Hooch from League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> right? She She's a switch hitter, but the scene where they're drafting her or recruiting her or whatever, and she, then he switches. Marla Hooch. She's so good. She's so good. They let her play in the league, even though there's not much to look at. Uh, And and then I'm going to take a wild thing from Major League. I don't think was very good. But here's the thing. Baseball these days, you hear the coaches complain about it all the time. It's not about control. It's about stuff. They really (laughs) this is a stuff league now. Everyone just wants like, you know, the fastest. So. My, I like that's it. My, my that's duo. a great answer. If you just get the right staff around Ricky Vaughn, exactly. he'd have been. Exactly. Yes, no, you're, yes. you're absolutely right. It's you a great send point. him. Send him to drive line. He'll be great. Hannah, I see the clock is winding down on us. It's almost time for the world famous podcast segment. More important, people love more important. I was walking down the street the other day, and someone ran up to me and asked if I'd play more important with him. But I said no. I reserved more important for guests of my podcast. It's a tough thing to have to say to someone that listens to the show. But listen, that's what you have to do sometimes when you have a famous podcast segment. Hannah, I've had a lot of fun talking to you today, but I need to ask you a very serious question so I can cut off your answer uh, and, and then ask you much sillier questions. Are you ready for more important? I am. Bat flips. We haven't talked about bat flips. I know they can be fun, but are bat flips inherently disrespectful to the other players who are just giving their all? What are your thoughts on the polarizing bat flip? Well, I think that... Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We don't have time for that because it's time for something more important. Anna, I'm about to ask you a series of questions. Your answer to these questions will all be far more important than anything you were just going to talk about. Bad flips. Who gives a shit about bad flips? Let the guys have some fun. Uh, Your answers to these questions will define who you are as a woman on this planet. Are you ready for more important? Yes. What is your favorite item in the snack chip aisle? Oh, uh, like, like fake healthy cheese puffs. Cheese puffs that I can convince oh. myself that are healthy enough that if I eat the entire bag, it's not too terrible. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. Let's let's stay food here for a second. You get to choose one menu item from one chain restaurant. 
that you consider the greatest of all time? What is it? One menu item from one chain restaurant. Well, honestly, just like a classic Shake Shack burger is really good. As good as it gets. Shake Shack, as good as it gets. It, it, it destroys in and out. Don't even, don't even fucking bring in and out up in the conversation. Uh, Hannah, what is the best MTV show of all time? Oh, um, oh God, I used to love Made, but I feel like the actual best because it was just so weird. What was the one where they walked the dating one next? Next. Oh no, Room Raiders. Remember Room Raiders? <laughs> I do remember. Room where they would take I a black light into people's rooms, but it was like the, they made it. They really emphasized the wrong part of that. They were like, it's like also you're kind of kidnapping people, and then you meet them in their pajamas. It's very strange. So wait, oh, so what's your answer? You've got to you've got to narrow down to one ear. If I could rewatch one of them right now, it would probably be Room Raiders. Who is the funniest baseball player of all? Who's the no 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 right now? Who's the funniest baseball player right now? Have you met anyone? Oh my gosh! In your work, who's the funniest baseball player? Yeah, I mean Brent Suter is. He's like don't know who a, he is. Never yeah, heard of him. Of course him. not. He's a he's a pitcher. I think he's in Colorado right now, but he's like. He's does like impressions, and honestly, I don't love Fantastic. impressions. Fantastic! No, I but, do. But but other people think he's hilarious. I can't. I'm gonna look him up. I love. I'm a very. Uh, I'm impression heavy guy. I find them super entertaining. I can't wait to look this guy up. Brent Suter, you said. Brent Suter. So excited. He's we'll also put, an environmentalist. We'll look at he's that. Like, Good for he's him. Big Good on like him. save the planet. Name an underrated actor that you love. Uh, Catherine Hahn. She's fantastic. She's so good. Yeah. What was she She's doing when so she was younger? Funny. I don't even know. That's a Why great I, question. That's what I like. I would love to. I want someone to tell me about like the best, like early Catherine Hahn movie so I can go back and watch it because I feel like I love her as like a, you know, 40 something. But what was she doing when she was younger? Why wasn't she bigger earlier? It's a great yeah. question. Yeah. I have a, a fantastic question. It probably comes down to sexism, which is mm. uh, unfortunate and sad. Uh, uh, do you, uh, last question. Name something that kicks ass. Oh, cats. <laughs> no. You love... <laughs> I don't know why that was where my mind went. I was just, Cats are metal, man, and people treat them like they're the softer <laughs> choice, and I'm like, they will fuck you up. I don't know why people act like cats are an embarrassing... You gotta be tough to have cats. <laughs> I love it. You have a cat. What's your cat's name? I have two cats. I have a cat named Gatsby, who's sitting right here. He's, um, he's angry all the time. And then I have Killer who's the sweetest, fluffiest baby. And I describe his personality as if he knew where his food came from, he'd be a vegetarian because he's never had a bad intention in his life. They're an interesting pair. Fantastic, cats. A great answer. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. The next credential is the cosign. Hannah, the floor is yours. Does the Shohei Otani doubleheader belong in the vaunted first ballot Hall of Fame and why? Am I supposed to argue for it? Because I kind of no, feel no. like, you know what? This episode talked me into thinking that we should have done the whole episode <laughs> about the World Baseball Classic yep. moment. Yep. Because it was the pinnacle. It was the peak. It was the, it was, it defines, I don't know how big the World Baseball Classic gets from here. But if it goes on to be like a legitimately interesting, like, oh, this is as good as the Olympics type event. Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know, what do they do in soccer? People love that shit. But 
then this will be the moment that yep. people talk about is like the yep. founding moment yep. of it's yep. it, it was that's the thing this game in detroit because here's the problem we now know at this point in our lives and in the baseball season that the 2023 angels are not going to make the right, postseason right, right. and that their decision to go all in at the deadline and Shohei Otani's co-sign of that decision by his performance in Detroit that day, it was a mistake. That was mm-hmm. a mistake. <laughs> so I think we can't put it in the Hall of Fame. I appreciate your candor. I think you're playing this exactly right. I And by the by, I asked her to come on and discuss this moment because I wanted her perspective. I wanted her expertise. And it's time for the induction speech. I get to decide whether this thing goes in. I can go against what Hannah just said, but I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? She's the expert. I don't know enough about baseball. I'm going to listen to her. And I want to add just one thing. It's out of respect for Shohei Otani that I'm not putting this thing in. To me, he's going to go do something. If it isn't the World Baseball Classic, and it might be, we'd have to do a whole other episode to discuss that. Maybe that makes it in. But if it if it isn't, he, I believe firmly that he's going to do something in the rest of his career that's absolutely going to make me say, that's it. That's the thing that goes in. But we haven't seen it yet. It's out of respect and my firm, strong belief that he's going to do something that's going to absolutely command entry into the first battle hall of fame. And with deep respect that I say, I'm sorry, this is not a first battle hall of famer. My, my deep respect to Shohei. Love the guy. Hey, listen, th- this show could be sponsored by Shohei Otani. <laughs> we could have him on as a guest. I'd love to have him on. It's just that this moment's not going in. It's this. Not, I don't put in everything. We don't put in everything. And it's important that we treat this with seriousness. And Hannah, you did a fantastic job on this episode. Thank you so much for being on. How can people follow you? What can you plug? What are you working on? Um, you can read my work at Yahoo Sports com the postseason it's coming up it's my favorite time of the year i love covering postseason baseball so i'll be doing that over at yahoo uh you can find me on what i'm still calling twitter at hannah r kaiser <laughs> the less good twitter is the more i post so i i signed up for the other stuff i have the other stuff i have blue sky i have what's the other one threads, threads? and yep. you know what as Twitter gets more and more of a mess, I'm like, great, just to say anything on here. Um, my Instagram handle is not my name because I thought I don't want people to find me, but now Twitter sucks. So you should go find me. I'm at clever with Panache, clever W Panache uh, on Instagram. You start my name, you'll probably find it. And I appear on MLB Network uh, and I appear on SNY. And yeah. And she's the best. Support her. Thank you. Oh, and listen uh, to the Bandwagon Podcast. Listen to the Bandwagon Podcast with Zach Kreiser. He, yes. It's fantastic. You guys are great. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. That's it. That's the show. My thanks to Hannah Kaiser for coming on the show. Support her. Follow her. Appreciate baseball. We're all we got. The show keeps growing. My shout out today goes to my guy, Fu Man Shoe. That's at foo underscore man underscore shoe on instagram he was messaging me about the show to be perfectly honest he's really harassing me about inducting certain moments into the hall of fame saying i have the power i should just do it i gotta admit i appreciate the support but i also cannot be bullied i have my own man foo man shoe mr foo diddy foo seems to have a great sneaker collection but i think mine's a little bit better listen this isn't about me Thank you to Foo for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Credits, Jessica, Rob, Bob, Rhythm J, David Estramskis, and EJ Cabasal. That's the team. The show keeps growing. Rate and review us if you would. Please tell a friend and please come back next week for more First Ballot. So up there, quit the side. Got him.